Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about prioritizing and figuring out what to work on. If you caught the previous three episodes, then you know this is part four of the four-part productivity series, which means this is the final episode on productivity in this set. I do like the productivity topic and a lot of... um, you know, a lot of other topics sort of are related to it. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were more in the future, but this will sort of close out this four-part series. Like the other episodes, uh, my wife and I discussed the topic. And for me, I think setting priorities is, you know, one of the key things that helps me like be productive on my own. When you have a boss, a lot of times you can lean on them to figure out what is the highest priority item or items, which I mean, technically you can only have one highest priority, but I I do tell a couple stories about that. I think in the episode here, anyhow, being able to figure out what to work on is a huge difference because I could, for example, spend a bunch of time answering every single email I get as soon as I get them, and then um, not get any work done. Super easy to do that, and I have literally done that before where, you know, maybe I send, uh, you know, 40 email emails out in a day, and I feel busy the whole day, a little bit stressed out, and by the end of the day, I got nothing done. So, without further ado, I'm going to send it over to the discussion on prioritizing. Priorities. So I'm Elizabeth. Oh, and I'm Doug. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Come on, man. Follow the protocol. Priorities. Number one, <laughs> got to say your name at the beginning. <laughs> Are you good at figuring out the highest priority items? Yes. Nice. Yes. What's your secret? Uh, my secret is I think it ha- priorities. Woo. <laughs> it's like a, an interview question. Yeah. My. <clears throat> Failed. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so I am not a procrastinator. And I think that really helps when you're prioritizing. Because if you are a procrastinator, there's always like a fire to put out, a fire drill. And then you're just scrambling and running around. So I'm kind of the like, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late type of person. So um Yeah. I think that helps me prioritize. That gotcha. doesn't really answer the question, does it? No, we'll get it. We'll get more into it. That's a really hard question. I was just curious what you might say. So for me, I think I'm an okay prioritizer. So our last episode was about deep work and focus. And I think I'm okay at that. And I think I'm okay at prioritizing the major issue that I have is actually related to the deep work aspect of it where I can get distracted easily on things that shouldn't have a high priority, but they feel like they do. And that's that's where I sometimes have trouble. And if I can execute deep work well and focus, I can limit the distractions and thus work on the actual high priority items. One way I prioritize is I make a list. So when you have a, like when I'm feeling overwhelmed 
and you have a lot of things in your head, you know, and maybe they're bouncing around in your head. I need to do this and you do that, blah, 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 blah. That's taking up brain space. And so if, if I have a lot of things to do, I make sure I get them written down. I actually just this morning tore, um, piece of paper off of our fridge where I was keeping lists of stuff I needed to do and then crossing them off as I went. But I think you got to get it out of your head. Look, and maybe this is just me because I'm a visual person, but get it out of your head, get it on paper, and then you can see everything written down. And that helps like you figure out how to prioritize what you need to work on first, second, third. Yes. And I think I remember, I think it was right after we got married and I was like overwhelmed with some work stuff. And I think I had some personal projects, like some beer brewing things and judging. And I was like, there's just so much going on. And maybe I can't remember, but I'll just throw in like a vacation. And we were, we had all these plates spinning and I was like overwhelmed. And you're like, just list everything out and then you can work on it. And I was like, it's, you don't understand, like, mm, like whatever you could imagine me well, doing that. Well, I remember that, right? the second part of that, but I don't, did I, is this a real story? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. And I think you said, just list everything out. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like it's way more <laughs> complex. Like you don't know all the things that I'm going through. And then I like wrote down the 15 things and I'm like, oh yeah, it's not so bad. <laughs> you know. <laughs> nice. So really, and I have, um, since I learned that piece of magic from you, I've done that um, over and over again. And basically, it always feels overwhelming, especially like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and uh, like I'll, my brain will start working on the problems. And it seems so uh, like important and intense in the middle of the night. And then when I wake up, write the things down, I'm like, oh, that's not so bad. That's going to take some time, but it's okay. Further, I know it works really well. Um, even for other people that think uh, that making a list isn't going to help, um, I've worked with probably a few dozen people um, on different uh, like productivity sort of things. And yeah, really helpful just to get it out of their brain. And then after that, it's not as um, like is intense, the stress, I guess. So we're kind of haphazardly going around, but writing things down, some people call it a brain dump. And uh Yes, that's graphic. <laughs> right. It's a brain dump and that's really helpful. But I can um I can think of a couple times when in my corporate job where the priorities weren't clear and you end up with like misunderstandings and problems, like bigger problems than they should be. And I can think of one particular time at least and this happened multiple times, but I was I was on a team as a project manager. There were, I don't know, several other project managers. And each one of us had some odd you know, 10 projects or something. And I remember we were going to be short on time and I needed to direct my team properly. And I asked my boss, hey, of these 10 projects, which one is the highest priority so I know where to begin? And then I, I assume there's one clear one. And she said, oh, no these are all high priority, which obviously means that none of them are high priority. They're all equal. So at that point, I'm like, well, maybe none of them are really high priority and I just can work on them in any order. I don't know if that was true or not, but if everything's high priority, then nothing is. I thought that story was going to go differently. And I was listening to you thinking, great point, Doug. 
you go, if you're confused, you know, in the workplace, go to your superior, have them give you some direction. And you didn't get any direction, but I think it was still a good point. If you need help with priorities, it's always good to check in. Right. And she was, um, she was a, one of the busybody kind of folks who, even if we didn't have much to do, she would make it sound like we didn't have enough time and everything was high priority. And she would create uh, like drama around things. So yes, if you like, I think... I'm 90% sure I did the right thing to ask, like, okay, we're not going to have enough time. I need to direct my resources properly. What do you want me to do? And and she was like, do everything. And I was like, you can't do everything. I'm asking you. So I had to you know, figure it out on my own. I also got laid off. So I was not, <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't like a, uh, uh, I was a squeaky wheel, I'll say. And it didn't work out um, as well on that team. But you know what? If you're going to be a, if you're going to have like a team working for you, like I think the boss needs to make a hard decision and say, here's the number one project, at least based on what I know. And then after that, things will fall into place. Now, there were other times where it was very clear, like someone above her who can make a decision would get in touch with me. And they're like, hey, solve this problem today. And then I knew it was 100% okay to ignore other stuff. And that is the root um, of like prioritizing. So there's a couple books that I'll reference Essentialism by Greg McEwen and The One Thing by Gary Keller. And those uh, have a similar topic between the two where you're basically figuring out, you know, the one thing that's the most important or the essential things you need to worry about. Is that like Jack Palance, City Slickers, the one thing? Yes. In fact, that is referenced in one of the books. Oh, nice. Yeah. What was the one thing from City Slickers? Was it love? I think you have to figure it out on your own. The Really? I guess I missed the point of that one. I think it was the calf, that little, the, the baby calf. The calf was the one thing? <laughs> yep. Hmm. All right. I think you have to figure it out on your own. Yeah. <laughs> So those are two good books? Yep, two really good books. I personal I read The One Thing um, first, and I, I thought it was great, and it helped me to understand that I can't do everything. And the, you can do a lot of stuff, but you can't do everything at once, and you have to prioritize and figure out what you got to work on. So can I tell a corporate story? One of um, When I was in consulting – we were just being bombarded from every direction when I worked in program management. We had so much stuff to do every day, like literally what you're talking about. We didn't know where to focus, how to focus. Um, I'm being a little bit exaggerating. We were better than that, but we had a lot going on. And so we started this process in the mornings when we would have breakfast in the hotel. There were three of us on the team And each one of us would say, what were the three things we wanted to accomplish that day? And I think just the fact that we had to sit down and say it to each other made us think about our day and think, well, what is the top priority today? What, what do we need to do? And, um, and that helped us a lot. It was kind of a chaotic project, but, um, yeah. Like saying it to someone else, writing it down, thinking about it in advance, because you're right, we couldn't do everything. Um, and so we had to pick. And we didn't, you know, we didn't have a real formalized way of picking. I mean, we kind of all agreed on it. Our, you know, our manager would be like, yeah, we really need to get this done. Okay, well, we'll focus on that and not the thing I said. 
But um, that's one way we sort of helped to organize and prioritize our day on that project. And it was really helpful once we started doing that, I think, to sort of focus our efforts. Yeah. Are you familiar with the prioritization matrix? I always really liked that. I will tell you about it. I'm getting just a blank look. I bet Doug is. But you have four categories if you look at a box. And on one side, you have um, like critical, not critical. And then on the others, you have urgent and not urgent. And so you want to focus your efforts on the critical, urgent tasks, right? Does that sound familiar? Yeah, a lot of people call it the Eisenhower matrix. Ah, Eisenhower. Yeah. And it's important and not important and then urgent and not urgent. And then, yep. So that that's it. She's shrugging her got, shoulders. I just got shamed. Yeah. It's in my productivity course, so I know it pretty well. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And the key is there's some stuff that it's not important and it's not urgent and you shouldn't even do it. And those would be things like... Um, Facebook updates or something like that, or wasting time on social media where it's like, unless you need to unwind, which is okay. But if you're like in a work mode, um, you shouldn't be wasting time, like looking up political posts on Facebook, not a good use of your time, not important, not critical. Um, the thing that, that will get you is not working on the, uh, non-urgent important things because they're, non-urgent by nature. And those are things like, um, actually, do you have any examples off the top of your head? Something important, but not urgent. No, I don't have any examples off the top of my head. So those would be things like a long-term project because you have plenty of time to do it. Um, and thinking back to our college days or something like that, you may have a project and you have a whole semester to work on it and it will take you a long time, but you're, you can keep putting it off for a very long time. And that's where the procrastinators get in trouble. Oh, see, that's why I don't understand that because I'm not a procrastinator. <laughs> but true. if you keep ignoring those, they eventually move into the important, urgent bucket. Right. Yeah. Yep. And that, that's where it, it, there's some, <laughs> there are some uh, studies <laughs> out there. There's a turkey in the um, There's some studies out there um, and some great headlines for the procrastinators and it's like, do procrastinators have it figured out? They can work better and maybe people should procrastinate more. And it, I don't think that's the case. I mean, some, sometimes having constraints can help you be more creative, but generally um, you should probably work on stuff to give you enough time for it. And a good, ex another good example away from like the work aspect would be like training for a marathon, like, you have plenty of time, but you really can't cram and like prepare your body to run 26 miles without doing it ahead of time. So the other, what's the other quadrant there? You got the uh, urgent, but not important. So those would be like emails that don't really like concern you. So I get a lot of these where someone will send me an email. Email feels urgent because it takes up space in your inbox, but people will send me an email and ask me a question, or maybe someone will send me an email and ask me to do something for them. And it literally, it's like not, I get no benefit out of it. It's just someone asking me for a favor. I think that was a hard one. I was, I was just, Doug just caught me. I was looking on my phone, trying to figure out what other types of things fall into the urgent 
but not important category. And because I, I would argue if anything is truly urgent, it should be important. But it's like what he was saying, people, re- people requesting your time, you know, in a time sensitive way that maybe is important to them, but not important to you. It's like false urgency. Yep. And the urgency takes many different forms. <laughs> so, so the the thing is like the email is kind of a clear, um, ur- urgent thing. A text message can seem urgent. Another one, uh, back to the focusing and deep work from the previous episode, like an open, uh, working, uh, office plan or whatever, like pods or something where you can't get some privacy. Something urgent would be like someone walking up and say, Hey, do you want to um, get a coffee and walk over here? Like all of a sudden, that's urgent because they're like right there in front of you, and you know maybe you want to get the coffee, but if you're working, that's a distraction, and it could pull you off from what you need to be working on. So, yeah. So if you're struggling with the prioritization, that's a, a good way to to think about your tasks once you get them all written out. So let's say you're not a procrastinator, you want to prioritize stuff. So how do you go about prioritizing your tasks? <laughs> um, hmm. I, I've, I'm so good at this and I've been doing it for so long. It's just, it's like how you ask a cat that they walk around so softly on their toes. They just do. <laughs> no, uh, I think it's usually if someone else is dependent on it, you know, so if, if someone's waiting on me, if, you know, like someone else needs to act on this information, that's one of the ways I prioritize. Like if there's a deadline, if there's time sensitive stuff, uh, I prioritize it that way. And then honestly, sometimes things get deprioritized if I'm not sure that the person who asked me will remember that they actually want it. That's kind of maybe not the best thing to do or a hard thing to do, but I'm in a position where I get asked to do certain things and maybe they're very difficult or it's going to take a lot of my time and a lot of my resources. And so I kind of will just like bump that down on the list a little bit and to see if the person who requested it actually really wants it or if it was something that they just sort of said and forgot. And I think the thing you're not saying is those things aren't important and someone else thought maybe it could be important. And like, I I know exactly what you mean. Cause sometimes, sometimes people are asking for stuff and they don't really understand what they're asking for or the like uh, usefulness of whatever the product is. So I guess, yeah, that if we want to keep it in the Eisenhower matrix, I will Uh, experiment sometimes with throwing tasks into the not important, not urgent bucket, knowing that my prioritization might be different than the person who, you know, maybe requested it and just see what happens. And sometimes I'll, I'll end up having to do that task and it'll get bumped back up and that's fine. But sometimes it just gets that was the that was the correct place for it. Not important, not urgent. And, and it shouldn't even be done. Then it shouldn't even be done. And um and then sometimes it doesn't get done. 
And let's uh, break it down a little because I I asked you the question, but maybe it wasn't super clear. So um, we'll have two scenarios, one being like you're working on a like a single project, sort of a silo of work or whatever. So at that point, I think like listing out all of the tasks that you have to do and then understanding if there are any dependencies, like you have to do certain things ahead of time. Let's just pretend you're like building a house like you can't start painting the walls um, before you lay the foundation and build the house. So like, obviously there's some hierarchy and order that you have to follow there. And that helps you figure out like what order to do things. in. Um, other times it may be like less clear and it doesn't really matter what order to do it in. And that's fine. So you could pick whatever order you want. So that's sort of one aspect prioritizing based on like dependencies and the sequencing um, other stuff that may come into play when you're thinking about like, let's say you have multiple projects, you're building multiple houses. That's where like what Elizabeth was talking about comes into play. Maybe there's a time constraint for a particular house and there you have to finish it sooner because people are moving in or whatever other builders have to get there to build it before the painters could show up. So you have to kind of understand how things work together. I may goof it up, uh, like the exact phrasing, but I've heard a couple of people say that they prioritize by looking at the tasks where if they accomplish a certain task, it makes everything else easier or not even necessary to do after that. And that sounds really like a great idea, right? It's so simple to say it. I'm not sure how effective that is or how much that applies Especially, you know, when I'm thinking of the work scenario where I had, you know, multiple projects and it was unclear. Every person that was involved in each of the projects said that that one was the most important. So how do you deal with that? Right. You have to someone at some point has to make a decision and you can't really use that. Now, if, I'm, if you're working for yourself and you have like all these other um tasks, some of them are clearly not that important, some of them are clearly important, then sure, you may be able to figure that out. And for example, like if you're if you're an entrepreneur and you realize that if you can land a particular client, it'll really like help your business elsewhere, then you can obviously, you know, focus on that knowing that it has a much more, uh, has way more leverage than some of the other things that you can do. So it's, I, again, it's a sexy thing to say, and it sounds really good when people hear it, but I think if you like try to apply it, sometimes it's just not clear. But what do you think? Prioritize to make your life easier. Is that what you meant by it's a sexy thing to say? It's a sexy thing to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, if you could do it. But again, it's like, it's really hard to tell. Yeah, I'll have to think about that as I put some of these things into practice and prioritize for my week. Makes sense. Yeah. The other, you know, along with the the priorities, what it means is you're working on a certain area, but it also means you have to ignore something else. So whenever you're giving something priority, you're like deprioritizing everything else. And that's important. Yeah. Like when you make work your priority, sometimes you're deprioritizing your wife. Right. 
And I think like there are certain, um, there are certain like periods where it's like, you'll focus on your family for a while, but there's only so many like attention units that you have. And like, once you use them all up, say waste them on family. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. You, <laughs> I'm you wanting can... to know how many attention units are allocated to me and Georgie. Plenty. Plenty. <laughs> plenty. <laughs> ah, yes. Plenty. So, yeah, the thing is, like, you only have so much time and, and ability to focus on different areas. So, if you're focusing a ton on work for a while because you're wanting to get a raise or promoted, then you'll have to, like, deprioritize some other stuff. And I think, you know, depending on, like, the stage or period of your life, like, you may be would focus more on your, your family because your kids are growing up or whatever. You need to go uh, to the soccer games or whatever. But other times you need, like when they're a little bit older or maybe they're, uh, you know, teenagers and they're mouthing off or whatever, <laughs> then maybe you want to spend some more time at work and put in those long hours. We talk about that a lot in Survive the 9 to 5. I feel like almost all of our podcasts can either come back to trade-offs um, or like, take your vacation. But I agree. Everything's a trade-off. So when you focus on something, you lose something else. And I think a lot of people who have a high faith base, I think that really helps them to prioritize their life in terms of importance because they have a set of rules from some sort of religious text, whatever that might be. I don't know. I don't know what point I'm trying to make, but there are the um, highest priority. Yeah. There are like built in constraints yeah. and it helps you decide yeah. um, Or if you have like no constraints, it's really confusing on what you should do. It can be. So yeah. And you, again, you got to keep that in mind. Like you, when you're prioritizing something, you have to figure out like what you're taking away uh, or where you're taking that uh, like focus away from. I think the highest priority in everything that we do should just be to be kind, be kind to people. All right. Yeah. I guess, I mean, how does that relate to productivity? I don't know. It Maybe if you're everything. kind, be kind. If, if you're kind to people. It is true. If you're kind to people at work, they will be more likely to step in and help you out when you need help. Mm -hmm. So what you could do is like, you can do stuff for them, get them a coffee every now and then mm -hmm. and build up that goodwill. Mm -hmm. So when it's time to take it back, they'll do stuff for you. What do they call it? <laughs> political capital, build up your political capital at work, mm -hmm. your work units. It's the, uh, the rule of reciprocity. There you go. So you do stuff for people and then uh, they'll want to do stuff for you. But that's not why you should, you should just be kind because it's good to be kind. I know. I, know. I was just, yeah. Just Do you know? <laughs> is that see? That's always a problem. Whenever I know when Doug wants something from me, whatever that might be, because uh, he gets a whole lot nicer. Like uh, he'll be like, "Hey, babe, how's your day going?" And I'm like, "What's happening here?" I get very suspicious immediately. I'm like, "What do you want?" I'm just kidding. A little bit. <laughs> Do you agree? I I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, that's what Georgie does, too. Georgie, I call it fake love, where she'll come up to us and she'll snuggle in and act like she really likes us, but she's just buttering up because she wants us to throw the ball. And I'm like, this wasn't yep. real. This was fake. She does that all day long. I want yeah. some real affection. Yep. All right. So any 
like uh, other thoughts on prioritizing or figuring out like what you should work on if it's not clear? I think my last thought would be it's not a vacuum. So it's not just your, usually, not just your opinion and what you think. If you're at work, as Doug said, you can talk to other people, other stakeholders to try and help you figure out what the priority is, but your work will most likely affect other people. So just keep that in mind. And same thing at home when you're talking about priorities at home. If you've got a family, you know, you need to to include them and take their opinions and feelings into account. And sometimes there's overlap, right? So if you, if your boss needs you to work more over the weekend or the holidays, then you got to figure out like, is that higher priority than spending time with your family or what you have to do? And I know for me at one point, maybe we talked about this in the episode on getting promoted and performance reviews, but there was a time when my, my bosses were asking me to work uh, over the weekends and over like Christmas Eve and holidays and such. And I, you know, I'm, I was a little bit of a team player in that I, I played along for a while, but when they were like, Hey, can you uh, just came up? Can you work on uh, Christmas Eve? And, you know, we need you to stay and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, can't do that. So I took my own, uh, priority to be able to spend time with my family. And I took a little bit of a hit, um, but it turns out it really didn't matter in the long run. Thanks a lot to Elizabeth for helping me out on the productivity episodes. And a little bit of background, a little context on what I was describing. You know, I, I mentioned that I didn't um, I didn't work that Christmas Eve or the holiday season. I, you know, selected my own priority and it didn't line up with the company priority. The hit that I took was related to like my performance review. And it, I, I can't remember at that company if we did like uh, every six months or every year of performance review. I think it may have been every six months. But anyway, I was up to, uh, or I guess up for promotion or attempting to be promoted for a few years. And that's kind of the way it works, um, at least in the management consulting area that I was in, where, you know, you got to be put up for promotion and you may have to go for it three, four times, five times. Um, it takes a little while. And basically, I got sort of a poor review. It generally said, that I wasn't a team player and um, I didn't get support from that uh, team to be promoted. Now it turns out on a longer time frame, right? On a longer time scale, um, it didn't matter, right? So after a couple of years, I was able to get promoted. Actually, it may have been like three, three to four years later. Um, the point is I got a little bit of a negative review, but I stuck to what was important to me. And I mean, really, when it when it came down to it, I didn't want to work on that team anymore because they were, um, I guess they, they were just, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. I don't, I don't think they're, I don't think they're stupid for putting work over family and, and that sort of thing. It's just different, you know, like how I want to live my life is completely different than what they're doing. 
but it doesn't mean I have to just fold and accept that, uh, you know, they want me to work over the holidays. Anyway, it turned out to be just fine. And I was able to work at it, you know, work hard at getting promoted and really understand what was important to get promoted. And it's not really doing more work or doing better work or even working on the holidays when people ask you to. So we actually did a whole episode on Survive the 9 to 5 about getting promoted. And I'll just give you the quick synopsis, which is you have to understand like how you are being promoted and what metrics are looked at and what is deemed important at the management consulting company or division that I was in, the thing that was really important is to have support on the, what they call a laddering call, where they rank everyone. And to get that support, you have to do some networking, but not the traditional networking that you may think of where you have to go to happy hours and, you know, make small talk with the, you know, executives or anything like that. It it wasn't that sort of networking at all. It was more like uh, I volunteered for a few different um, like charitable like uh, events and I started reaching out to the executives that I knew would be able to help me get promoted to make sure they knew my name and that I was doing interesting things like volunteering for charity events. And volunteering for stuff like that is a great way to sort of short circuit the like chain of command. So I was able to talk to and email and interact with people that were, you know, three, four levels ahead of me. And in a normal project situation, I I wouldn't be talking to them normally. They're very busy. But if you are volunteering for something, you can just talk to anyone you need to. So that said, I was able to figure out that it was really about marketing. It was about marketing myself as someone who's valuable to the company, not necessarily on a project basis. Sure, you have to do your job. You have to be good enough on the job. But if you're doing all the extra stuff, again, I'm just continuing to say the charitable uh, like uh, events and stuff, those are the things where like the company, the overall company looks good to the community at large. And that is important. That again, sort of short circuits the process a little bit. So anyway, if you have any questions out there, please do contact me. You can leave a voicemail. There is a voicemail number in the description or the show notes. So you can just check that out. Leave me a message. If you prefer to write an email, feedback at doug.show. That goes straight to me. I get it right away. And in fact, um, either the the very next episode or one after that, there will be a voicemail that someone sent in. It's our first one. Got a good question in there. And I think the voicemails are going to be pretty cool. So if you if you have a second or you have like a one minute or so, give me a call. Let me know where you're from. Ask your question. Maybe leave me a compliment. You know, tell me something, uh, you know, hey, that that bald head of yours is so shiny. It looks really good with all those freckles, that sort of thing. I mean, I need encouragement too, just like anyone else. So on that note, 
I think we can call it an episode. Thanks a lot for tuning in for this episode. And do me a favor, tell a friend about The Doug Show. I would really appreciate it. Have a great day. We'll catch you next time.